Greetings, listeners, domestic, international, and extraterrestrial. I'm Dave Reed. And I'm Kristen Riley, and this is The Cast Files. I am a nerd who has somehow never seen The X-Files. And I watched it when it originally aired. The Cast Files is a podcast where we watch and discuss every episode of The X-Files spoiler-free. Today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 21, the episode that now holds the record for most frowny faces in my notes. (laughs) (laughs) Avatar. But he's the victim here. (laughs) It originally aired April 26th, 1996. The teleplay is by Howard Gordon, and the story is by Howard Gordon and David David Duchovny. Duchovny. It was directed by James Charleston. I think it's his first. Yeah, I don't recognize that name. Don't recognize the name. All right, so the synopsis is, during a one-night stand in the midst of his divorce, assistant director Skinner becomes a murder suspect. Murder. Murder. Mulder and Scully return the many favors he has done for them by trying to determine what actually happened, all the while discovering more about Skinner's personal affairs. I mean, kind of, loosely. And also, that's not how solving crimes should go. Sure it is. That's how solving crimes does go. (laughs) All right. In the cast, we have Michael David Sims as senior FBI agent. He was in a movie that I wish we had watched instead called Scarecrows. (laughs) Its synopsis is, listen to this. Tell me if you would watch this. All right. Criminals hijack a plane and force the pilot and his daughter to fly them to Mexico. However... An unexpected landing finds them in a cemetery inhabited by killer scarecrows. I feel like I've seen the cover to this movie somewhere. Like, <laughs> scrolling past it on a streaming streaming service. Yeah, probably. <laughs> what an amazing premise. All right, we also have Tasha Sims as Jane Castell. C-A-S-S-A-L. Castle. Castle. Pre- she previously played Ellen Reardon in the X-Files episode Eve and Laura Kelly in Excelsius Day. Mm. We have a great episode and a terrible episode. <laughs> yep. She's running the gamut. You know what? She's all over the Actually, you know what? In Major League Baseball, she's got a pretty good average. She's one for three. That's a good average. Oh, yeah. That's Hall of Fame. That's awful. No, it's it's really, really hard to hit a fastball. It's Is one that what the, one and three means? You get a one fastball? hit. No, it, it means you get one hit every three at-bats. Okay. This is enough sports talk for me. <laughs> Telling you, hitting a fastball is probably top three most difficult things to do in all of sports. Okay. That's why 300 average is Hall of Fame. Stacey Grant as Judy Fairley. She was disrespected in her other role as well. Her title is Hooker in Distress in Shanghai Noon with Jackie Chan and Owen Wilson. Janie Woods Morris as Lorraine Kelcher played Miss Lang in The X-Files episode shadows i don't remember who she was but that was also not a great episode that one was supposed to be about shadow people and then it wasn't (laughs) yeah that's that's the that's my real criticism about about ghosts in the movie in the movie and the episode called ghost in the machine was not about ghosts no they were confused we also early days we also have brendan baser as agent pendrell he was jeff in the boys. <laughs> we still don't know who that is. <laughs> no, we don't. But but I had to add that again. So production note, avatar is a Sanskrit word meaning a form taken by a deity to walk among mortals. Not at all what this episode is about. I mean, maybe? Uh, probably not. I mean, unclear. All of it's unclear. All right. So you ready to get into it? Yes, please. Skinner is debating whether or not to sign divorce papers. 
His lawyer says that they were expecting these 10 minutes ago. Then why did you just now bring them? <laughs> you don't know how long they've been standing there, though. Either way, it's too late. Like, you brought that to him too late in the day. Here's the thing. Sign the fucking papers. Yeah, that's fine. But <laughs> bring him the papers well before now. You know what? What's probably happened is he's had the papers and she came to pick them up. Mm. That's probably what she happened. She still came too late. She's been there for four hours, David. Four hours. We are she's giving been, her a lot of credit. She's been pacing that room for four hours. Oh. Are it billable hours? Is that what's going on? Ooh, I hope so. <laughs> In this case, I hope so. Well, you don't know who's paying this bill. It's me. It could be her. Why would she be paying this bill? I don't know. That doesn't make any By sense. By her, I mean the the wife. Oh, I thought you meant the taxpayers were going to be paying the bill because oh. he's FBI. But yeah. then you're like, but she might be paying. I meant the, I meant the wife. No, well, that was unclear. Yes. Anyway, he needs to sign the goddamn papers. But he ultimately refuses to sign because he's holding a pen and he's like, but she gave this to me for my anniversary. You're giving him way too much credit. I don't remember which anniversary, but some anniversary. You're showing emotion. <laughs> you're acting like you actually care. He says that he's going to put it off till tomorrow because it's been 17 years and she can wait on him for one more night. I can't wait for you to tell them. Why? Why? <laughs> so we open up and I'm already mad. <laughs> <laughs> Later, Skinner is having a drink at the bar at the Ambassador Hotel where he meets a woman, Karina Salas. The most... Sales? Karina Sales. The most obvious honeypot I've ever seen in a TV show. They chit-chat a bit. It's pretty innocuous, but the two get a room together for the night. Skinner wakes up after a nightmare slash vision of his lover turning into an old woman, which we all know is the scariest entity in the world. Yeah. I just wrote down that his orgasms are different than mine. <laughs> you don't see old women? No. <laughs> I almost wrote something about his O face, too. <laughs> I was like, no backspace, don't want to do it. <laughs> uh, he wakes up to find Sales dead beside him. Specifically, her head has been turned completely around. So now we know that he didn't sign the divorce papers because he wanted to cheat on his wife one last time. Uh, amazing. <laughs> I may have just screamed that during the watch. <laughs> you did. <laughs> I threw my hands in the air and went, ah! <laughs> This cold open really got me. <laughs> the rest of it, I have no feelings about. <laughs> this cold open drained me. <laughs> my favorite part is how her head is turned entirely all the way around and somehow that didn't wake Skinner up. Right? Like, it's fine. We don't know what happens. We never find out anything. <laughs> yeah, we do. We don't. Sure not really. Do. There's nothing to find out. <laughs> All right. Production note. David Duchovny initially suggested having a Walter Skinner-centric episode as a way to give himself a break. Although ultimately, he still ended up having a large part in the episode. Duchovny felt that Skinner was an interesting character whom the show was not utilizing to his full extent. We could argue the same about Scully, but shrug emoji. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of nice of Duchovny to... To have that opinion of Skinner, though. That's an interesting character. We don't need to be about me all the time. But then it is. Yeah, I mean. But then he wrote. It was a nice thought. Then he wrote an entire episode about himself. Oh, he didn't write the episode. <laughs> I know. He said, you are you saying that he said a couple of suggestions maybe out loud? We and should have. <laughs> someone had to make that work. I think he said, haha, dead hooker. 
(laughs) Wow. That's not endearing at all. I know. I started with a compliment. (laughs) And then I said that. And then I'm going to follow it up with a compliment eventually. I guess. And it'll be a nice compliment sandwich. (laughs) Mulder shows up and talks to Detective Waltos, who is in charge of the investigation. Skinner tells Mulder, thanks, but no thanks. Mulder tries to get the details, and Detective Waltos gives what he knows. He's not happy about it, but he does. Scully had just called and is listening in as Mulder and Waltos talk, so he's got the phone in his pocket or something. Yeah, he's letting her listen in. But she's also driving in a rainstorm, so I don't know how much she would be able to hear from inside his pocket. (laughs) (laughs) Everything. She said everything. She said almost everything. They do mention that Skinner... Declines to take a polygraph test, which makes him not look good. Well, he's in the FBI. He knows these things are bullshit. Yes. Why would he take one? Nobody take a polygraph test. Unless you're doing it for fun for a high school experiment. For YouTube. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Then do whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. I hate how much polygraphs are still used today when we know. That they're not real. Scientifically, factually Been proven repeatedly. Don't do it. Although Mulder is reluctant to believe it, Skinner is a suspect in a murder case, and his refusal to take a lie detector test is not helping him at all. Production note, Skinner's popularity among fans had risen with his increased role in the episodes The Blessing Way and Paperclip, and these episodes helped situate Skinner's position in regards to Mulder and Scully. According to writer Vince Gilligan, Skinner was originally supposed to be a villain, but because Mitch Pileggi was such a good actor the writers decided to make his character an ally to Mulder and Scully. Did they just assume that he was going to be a bad actor and that it's better to have a bad actor be a villain? No, uh, they probably, they cast him because they knew he was going to be good in the role, but he got popular. And it's one of those things where you make a person, you know, evil, but then the audience likes them. And then you're like, well, but he's not that evil. Uh... Just you take know a look at Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He's the real victim here. <laughs> he is the real victim. Walter Skinner, victim. <laughs> Mulder tells Scully that she should take a look at the body, and he meets her at the coroner's office to exchange information about the case. Because she was still on the phone, and she's like, I'm right, I'm, calm, I'm on my way. <laughs> but he says, don't worry about it, because the detective was taking Skinner to... Downtown. The, <laughs> to the cop house to the geography. <laughs> yes. So they meet at the coroner's office. Sales was a law secretary who was fired for an indiscretion. I love that. Indiscretion. Yeah. Uh, She was doing side work as a sex worker. An escort. And you know what? Easy fix here. I got the answer. Pay legal secretaries more? That's the answer! I was blown away by this because I just assumed that anybody who works in a law firm makes really good money. Mm -mm. No. Well, that's garbage. Yep. So I had... Let's unionize our legal secretaries. Yes, and decriminalize sex work. Also that. But yes, my goodness, easy fix. Her spinal cord was crushed, and the only fingerprints on her body are Skinner's. Seems pretty straightforward to me, guys. Yeah. As Scully is about to leave, she turns off the lights and notices a phosphorescent substance around Sales' mouth and nose. Mulder had already left, I don't remember why. Mulder and Scully visit Sales' madam, Lorraine Kelcher. Although initially reluctant, she eventually tells them that the man who paid for sales' company last night was Walter Skinner. She says, 
I work in Washington, D.C. You'd be surprised by who my clients are. And Mulder and I had the exact same reaction at the exact same time. (laughs) No, I wouldn't. I love how that's always part of these stories where it's like, you'd be surprised. Oh, no, wait. It's everybody in Washington? (laughs) It's always everybody in Washington. That's always the answer. The answer is so many people. 80% of everybody. (laughs) It's like... Can we stop pretending people are going to be surprised? Who's surprised at this point? This was 1996. That same line is in, like, what? CSI? We knew Bill Clinton was a rapist at this point. And we keep electing rapists for president. (laughs) We do. So I'm really glad we've made progress. Good job, us. Jesus Christ. Oh, it's all so fucking depressing. Uh, Mulder and Scully... Oh, never mind. So they visit the madam. We find out that none of us are surprised about any of it. Scully points out, it's pretty much an open and shut case because Skinner used his own credit card and they don't know anything about Skinner, (laughs) which I thought was just an amazing line. Mulder's like, how can you believe he did it? And she's like, well, okay. So he called into the escort service or he, she called into the escort service, gave his credit card number, gave his name. He woke up in the room that he admitted getting with her and she was dead beside him. And the only evidence that we have is his fingerprints all over her. But the way she says it is, if he's capable of getting an escort, what else could he be capable of? (laughs) Like what the hell are you talking about? Scully? (laughs) It's just, but yes. So that, and then also all of the circumstances, the evidence is just circumstantial. <laughs> no, it isn't. I mean, I haven't thought about whether or not it is yet. No, circumstantial is like, he <sighs> wasn't there. <laughs> he, hmm. No one ever saw him with her. Hang on. <laughs> His credit card wasn't used. <laughs> but someone's, someone but was can, like... <laughs> can we put him at the crime scene? This Oh, it's all so poorly done. All of it. She goes on to ask Mulder, like, why are you trying to, why do you care? Like, what, basically, <laughs> what do you, why are you trying to get this? Why are you so hung up on this or some something like that? And Mulder says, because he's put his ass on the line a number of times for us. That number is two. Okay. I was <laughs> like, how many times was that? A number, two. Well, at least it was a number. <laughs> yes. <laughs> As they're leaving, Mulder gets a call from the police station. Skinner is being released. It's amazing how, I don't know, I don't know how far away they are currently. Uh, So they're at the madam's place. They're leaving the madam's place. And they catch Skinner before he goes down the stairs at the police station. Maybe she works really close. Because she does work. Lives really close because it was like her home. It did seem like that. It seemed like a home to me. Yeah. She works from home. Good for her. (laughs) She also works for the government, so she, I guess that's why she lives right next to the Makes police station. perfect sense. People don't like to travel, you know. Skinner is not happy that the two agents are involved in the case. They grill him as he's walking away from them and ask him about a sex worker. That's when it becomes clear that credit card fraud has occurred. Oh, we, we have a crime, finally. Yes, because a, a dead woman is never enough of a crime. Not if, not if she's an escort. Just in, in general. It's, not, it's never enough. Hey, I mean, we can look at the boyfriend if it's not an escort. <laughs> That's true. We can take a glance. <laughs> hey, did you do it? 
No, all right. <laughs> Case closed. He said he didn't if, do it. I don't. I don't know what you want me to do. Where do you want me to go from here? <laughs> it's literally a cold case at this point. <laughs> Stop asking us questions. We're out of resources. But then Skinner sees the same woman from his nightmare standing in a red raincoat across the street. He runs across the street to her, almost getting run over by a car in the process, and then almost getting run over by a second car. <laughs> Basically pissing off track of it, traffic left and right. But it turns out that the woman is actually his wife, which I'm wondering what they're trying to do here because... Is it anything? Are they trying to do anything here? If they were, I missed it. I didn't get it. His wife was this close to being rid of this chode. (laughs) (laughs) I got mad again. (laughs) But now she's married to a murderer. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? She's like, I showed up because I heard what happened. We've been separated for eight months. Did you sign... The fucking papers? All right. I had this later on when she comes over to the house, but right now is a great time for it. We've been separated for eight months. When you were shot and in the hospital, I didn't fucking bother to come by and say hi. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Because nobody knows about her. (laughs) I I left your ass to rot in that hospital. I think I made it quite clear that this relationship (laughs) is over. Oh my god, that's freaking- Five episodes ago. <laughs> Maybe she was on vacation. I don't know. <laughs> Good, I hope she was. With the pool boy. Me too. My goodness. <sighs> Mulder and Scully speak with Mrs. Skinner because I don't know if they said her name at this point. They didn't know that she existed, which is... Ex- Wild. <laughs> right. I understand you not wanting to... Talk to your coworkers about details of your life, but not knowing that a they, person you've worked with for years. They've been separated eight months. We are nearly through uh, year three of yeah. them all working together. They had no idea. That means he has no pictures of her. He's never had any pictures of her no. like anywhere near his desk. He never wore his wedding ring until the end of this episode. Never. Because you would just clock that and be like, oh, yeah, I don't know what her name is, but he's definitely married. Right. No. Wild. Wild. It's like the authors didn't, the the writers didn't even know he was married until this episode. Could be. Could be. She tells him the the sad story about how their marriage became like a lot of people's and she just didn't want to live like that anymore. Reasonable. (laughs) Reasonable now, but bullshit for how this ends. (laughs) Essentially, Skinner is a secretive man who was no longer a husband to her or even a friend. And the agents didn't know about her at all, so not exactly friendly with them either. (laughs) No, but can we be real for a second? Do we think he changed over the course of their marriage? No! She married a guy knowing that he was like that. Oh my god! She probably was young and stupid and like... He was probably slightly more affectionate at the beginning because everybody is. And then she finally was like, oh, never mind. This is awful and I don't want this life for myself. You know what? Good for her. Yeah. That's a generous read. (laughs) I guess none of us truly know this stoic man. No. Very stoic people. Me and Walter Skinner. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Scully decides Skinner may have some sort of REM disorder. I skipped what she called it, but whatever. Uh, He's been seeing a psychiatrist and attending a sleep clinic. And Scully has the documentation, which she hands to Mulder and he looks at it and he puts it down like... You think I'm going to fucking read this? (laughs) He literally takes it and goes, 
and puts it down. <laughs> He's not going to understand it. He's not a sleep doctor. <laughs> Mulder knows everything, and all he has to do is read it one time and never again because he will retain it. That's what he did. He glanced at it. <laughs> That's <laughs> not how it works. <laughs> He's like, all right, I saw the top sheet. <laughs> oh, my God. But, you know, this all seems reasonable because of whatever this disorder is. But does Mulder think it's reasonable? No! He thinks it's succubi. Scully describes uh, an old woman sitting on his chest and Mulder says succubi. uh, Okay, so we both independently looked up a bunch of stuff. Who do you want to go first? You go first because you are much more excited about it. Because they are absolutely 100% not talking about succubi. They're talking about hags. It is a hag that is an old woman who sits on your chest and gives you nightmares while you sleep and then sucks your breath. It's exactly what they describe. It's a hag. And then he says succubi. Succubi doesn't sit on your chest and suck your breath and give you nightmares. You can tell everybody what a succubi does. Nope, you do it. Oh. Because that's not what I have. You said you had a bunch of stuff on succubi. Well, I have a thing. So one thing is, okay, about the... All right, we'll just get... I'll skip over all of this. Okay, what Mulder says is that he's seen it in folk tales as early as the 15th century and... Then Scully says something about the luminescent residue, which I don't know what that has to do with anything. They drop it so fast. Okay. So I read a PubMed article called Unusual Cases of Succubus, a Cultural Phenomenon Manifesting as Part of Psychopathology. So mine's a whole different angle, which was really cool. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but the term succubus was for the first time used in the late 14th century. So suck that, Mulder. Not 15th. Oh, wow. (laughs) To describe supernatural being derived from a Latin word succuba, meaning to lie beneath. According to the folklore belief, succubus is descended from an ancient figure, the ancient figure of Lilith, who was the first wife of Adam, who is also, side note, in the little book of Satanism that I'm reading. (laughs) And I'm like, Lilith is the most interesting person in the entire books, (laughs) probably the entire Bible. Yeah, I don't quite remember, but I think, according to biblical historians, uh, didn't actually exist in the Bible. It was added much later. Everything was added later. Okay, but you know what I mean. Well, anyway, she left Adam and refused to return to the Garden of Eden after she mated with the archangel Samuel, who mated with four succubi, or some other versions. There's a lot of different versions. From Mesopotamian to Hebraic, Lilith was usually associated with the devil in both proximity and depiction. Lilith is blamed for diseases inflicted on men, but also for wandering about at nighttime, vexing the sons of men and causing them to defile themselves. (laughs) That is so different than what I read. So in this article, they actually give two different cases of two different men who have experiences with what they believe to be succubi. And in these cases, simultaneously come from schizophrenia and cultural beliefs because they are in a part of the world where they don't call it succubus, but it is the term succubus. In, Same thing. in Yes. And that's what they grew up with. So when all of these things started to manifest, when these women came to them in the night, they had succubus experiences And it turned out, unfortunately, that they were suffering with schizophrenia. And fortunately, in these two cases, they were treated and their symptoms went away after a while with 
regular treatment. So that's good. Um, in conclusion in this article, our cases reflect the influence of cultural beliefs on manifestation of psychopathology in patients with schizophrenia and emphasize the role of cultural beliefs in origin and shaping of psychopathology. And I wanted to include that because I feel a lot like this is what is happening with Mulder. Everything is like the psychopathology of his. He has these strong, these incredibly strong beliefs that it must be something. Aliens. And he refuses any scientific explanation for anything. Okay, but we've seen the aliens. But what if we are, what if we're all seeing this through Mulder's belief system? Uh, I don't think that could be possible because we see a lot of people outside of Mulder. We see Crycheck vomiting up black goo. Stuff like that. That's true. Maybe that's just what Mulder is fantasizing about. That's weird. Mulder's weird. I don't know what he likes. Porn. And sunflower seeds. <laughs> and Bigfoot videos. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. And it sounds a lot like what's happening with Mulder. No, it is interesting. So Skinner's wife, however, is deeply concerned about him. She visits him at his, <laughs> his little sad apartment. Skinner insists he's fine, but she knows better and is all, but I'm your wife. I know you. Let me in just this once, <laughs> which is bullshit for all of the reasons that have already been stated, specifically now that you've pointed out that he was in the hospital with a gunshot wound and she was like, whatever. <laughs> she did not care. No. And she shouldn't have because fuck this guy. <laughs> They've been separated for eight months for a reason. Finding out that your soon-to-be ex-husband not only failed to sign the goddamn paperwork, but then decided that it was the right time to become a murderer so that it's also your problem is pretty rich. <laughs> well, at least she doesn't have to testify against him. <laughs> but in reality, I know she I've can been... She can if she wants. <laughs> <laughs> but in reality, I know I've been really harsh because Skinner is having sleep problems, so he's the real victim here. <laughs> There's been a lot of recording today. There has been. <laughs> Skinner falls asleep, dreams of the woman in the red raincoat, screaming at him, and is awoken by cops who tell him that his wife has been run off the road. When he's drinking and falling asleep, he's looking at a picture of their wedding day, and we get uh, that photoshopped hair, sad face. <laughs> we have the first sad face of my notes. Oh, we're almost at the end of your notes, too. Frowny. Yeah, they come quick. All right. Frowny face. I see. The, the, the hair that they Photoshop on him. Or if they gave him a wig, they could have done better. Either way. Ooh, it caught my attention. What did we just watch with all the bad wigs? Oh, Ginger Snaps back. Yes. <laughs> Ginger Snaps 3. I was so distracted by the wigs for half the episode. Whatever. Oh my gosh. You want to see some bad wigs? Watch that. Um, the cops suspect him, but remember, he's the victim here. After someone tries to murder his wife and she's in the hospital with pressure on her brain, Skinner is still not certain it's not him. But he's pretty stoked that he's not being charged for it. <laughs> Mulder comes in to talk to him and he's like, but I thought I could just leave because I'm not being charged. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what anybody says, but Mulder says, I don't believe you did it, but I'm a minority. <laughs> yeah, oh yes. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> No, in the minority. He said, I'm in the minority. Yes. And Skinner says, but what, a, what about Scully? <laughs> and dodge the question. Yep. <laughs> hey, tell me about the old lady. Yep. Mulder asks about the old woman. Skinner says that he started seeing her again recently. And Mulder's like, again? <laughs> <laughs> 
Skinner admits to Mulder that he saw the, the woman during his experience in Vietnam. As he reminds us all that Vietnam was very bad. We sent 18-year-olds to see terrible things and to deal with it in any way they could. So, drugs. But also... I did inhale. I know. Oh, and you thought she was a hallucination? That's not how marijuana works. Why does TV think everything makes you hallucinate? I don't know. Oh my God, did you have three drinks? Oh, oh so you it was see a pink elephants? Oh, good Lord. These are Hollywood people. They all know what drugs are. I know. It would make much more sense if you were like, oh, so you had three drinks, so you can't quite remember all of the details in the right order? Yeah, there you go. Okay. Oh, you you smoked pot, so you waxed philosophical about the most mundane bullshit for three hours? (laughs) What if the moon wasn't real? (laughs) Right, yes. (laughs) All right. If you had said any of that, or if you had been like, you ever dream? What is a dream? (laughs) (laughs) What if dreams were real? Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) Then I'd be like, yep, someone was smoking some pot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's all so stupid. Um, We get a glimpse of the cigarette smoking man, but the rest of his scene was cut for time or aggressiveness. I can't remember. I have a note on it later. Uh, Scully goes to the hearing, but Mulder takes some airbag to Scully's boyfriend in the lab. I don't remember anything that they say to each other in this scene. They go to the car and he cuts out a piece of airbag yeah. and it's Scully and Mulder. He, yeah, he just says, I'm collecting evidence. Okay, so Scully goes to the indictment, meeting, whatever. She tells of her autopsy and her findings that do not necessarily implicate Skinner. I'm not sure how. She's questioned on the substance that she cannot describe and the top two doesn't like it. He doesn't like unidentifiable evidence. He grills her on this substance that nobody knows what it is because the lab said by the time it got to the special lab, the first lab was like, it's spit. And then the second lab was like, there's <laughs> nothing in exist. here. Yes, because there was nothing in the test tube. Uh, the top dude doesn't like it because <laughs> basically she's giving him nothing. He accuses her of trying to cover up for Skinner. And it just, it gets more aggressive from here. Basically, he accuses her of trying to cover up evidence. He doesn't like Agent Mulder. He doesn't like the X-Files. <laughs> yeah, he accuses Skinner of covering for them. Yes, it's it's a lot of nobody liking each other in this room. And one guy has the most power, so guess who gets to win? Yeah, he gets up and he yells at Scully. She says, I'm not done, sir. Yes, you are, Agent yeah. Scully. And not enough people... Cuss their bosses out. No, I More people should cuss their bosses out, because this dude deserved to be cussed out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's been a long time since someone's been able to tell him what's up. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, she she is tossed out. Apparently they dismissed Skinner at some point after this. Scully calls Mulder. Mulder guessed that they used the X-Files against Skinner, because of course, because Mulder knows everything. Um, He'd also found evidence of the person who stole Skinner's car, I guess through the airbag there was a face print on the airbag is that what it was yeah and pendrel was able to fine-tune the imprint to get an actual face and here we go fine-tuning the face frowny face in my notes every time i looked up i'm like what is this i can't i can't do it anymore oh my gosh okay so that's what they cut off the airbag he cut the entire airbag off and then got a face print off of it good Good. And then Pendrel fine-tuned it to get a very pixelated face. Well, then you know what? 
What? I expect higher solve rates. Yeah. If you can face tune an airbag. Let <laughs> <laughs> me just put a Instagram filter on this airbag. I'll tell you who did it. If they can do that in 1996, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> Failing. The solve rates have just gone down. They have. <laughs> it's insane. We give cops more money, uh, they get worse at their jobs. It's, it's awesome. Oh my gosh. Okay, so <laughs> Pindrell found the auto-tuned the face of the person who stole Skitter's car and killed Karina and Lorraine. Oh, because Lorraine died also. I skipped that scene. <laughs> and is the pawn... They, th- they threw her off a building. Yes. Uh, he is the pawn in the cover-up or disgrace or whatever of Skitter. Oh, that's actually right now, so we didn't really skip it. Okay, is that... Okay, yeah. great. Good job. We did all of it. It all happened together in that couple of sentences. <laughs> we did it. Hooray. Joe. <laughs> Those are my favorite brothers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I love that Mulder's, Mulder's like, but whoever did this is just a pawn in the machine. And Scully's like, but why wouldn't they just kill him? This seems absurd. And he's like, because they've already tried to kill him. And if they tried to kill him twice. It'd be too obvious. And I'm like, it's obvious what's happening because you know all of it so yeah but only he knows i guess it's true if janet reno knew it (laughs) there'd be fucking (gasps) hell to pay do you think janet reno's behind all of this (laughs) you just blew the x-files wide open in that picture in skinner's office with janet reno it's her it's her looking through her own eyes (laughs) oh she wargs into her own photo yep Nice. Oh, man. Janet is after Skinner. <laughs> and he's suspected this whole time, which is why he's hidden his wife away oh. from everybody so that she's safe. Yeah. Because okay. he's really the good guy here. He is. He's the victim. Yes. Okay. So they have this weird picture that's Matrix colors of this guy's face. And they take it to the woman who answered the door at Lorraine's. I can't remember her name. Judy. Judy, thank you. They take it to Judy because they see Judy outside where Lorraine's body is. And they show her this picture. Like, do you recognize this guy? And I'd be like... She's like, yes, I do. It was amazing. Because every time I looked at it, I was like, I, my brain can't focus on this picture. She sort of admits to setting up Skinner in this scene. Yeah. Which gets glossed over. It really does, because I also glossed it over now that you're saying it. Because what she says is that they normally have something set up in the room. So They're blackmailing politicians. They're, right. They also work for the FBI. You know what? Keep doing it. Yeah. Keep doing a great job, ladies. <laughs> no, it's very bad. It's actually had a lot of really, really bad real world implications. No. I want women to be in charge of everything. <laughs> that we, Yes. More... Women, war except, criminals. Except Janet Reno. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's already after Skinner. <laughs> we, she can't be trusted. Or maybe we all should fall in line. Oh. <laughs> yes. Equality. More women, more criminals. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about any of this. <laughs> I, feel, I do feel like it does make sense if you are sending women into rooms with strangers that having some sort of security protocol makes sense no it's not security protocol no i know yeah all right but i'm saying if it was just that 
like a nanny cam situation. <laughs> I think videotaping people having sex without their consent is bad in any context. You know, I don't know what the answer is. I think I had the answer. <laughs> the answer think... is pay your legal secretaries more. Yes. That'll solve everything. It's, look, nobody's right. I'm right. <laughs> I just meant in the world okay. in general. Uh, probably I'm right. Oh, I see. All right. Well. I'm not going to take a definitive stance on that. <laughs> I'm definitely right about some things. All right. So what specifically did she do to set up Skinner? Oh, uh, she talked to the guy whose pixelated face is in the picture to get Skinner's information. He, he hired Karina mm-hmm. to sleep with Skinner. Yes. So she did that transaction because uh, Lorraine was not involved in that. Lorraine thought it was Skinner. Oh, Judy knew it wasn't. I see. So Judy helped set Skinner up. I see. I'm having a really hard time feeling sorry for Skinner. I mean, waking up next to a dead body, it's not cool. It's not fun. It's bad. I'm going out on a limb. <laughs> I'm taking a firm stance on waking up next to a dead body is bad. It's got to be bad. People don't deserve that. Some people probably do. Probably not the dead body, though. Not the dead body, and the people that deserve that probably enjoy it. Ew. The implications just keep getting worse, so now we're going to move on. <laughs> My note for this scene where they're talking Judy into calling the guy. Oh, yes, because this is Judy's only hope for reconciling what, I know, her wrongs or whatever, and the... No, oh, it's her only hope to not get murdered by this guy is what it is. It isn't, though. Yeah, it is. No, because... The FBI isn't going to protect her. Okay. The FBI is like, look. Gotcha. You call this guy. You are our bait. And we'll protect you. Wink. It's her best chance. Because this guy is out to kill her. She is a loose end. Of course. Of course that's going to happen. But the FBI is not going to protect you. They'll try. No, they won't. They'll leave your ass. I Look, I bet the next five minutes proves you wrong. (laughs) Because these guys are super... Correct. And and there's some Leos in there, too. What are Leos? Uh, Local law enforcement officers. DCPD is part of this as well. How is that helping your cause? It's not all FBI. Let's see. Yeah. What do you got to say now? (laughs) That this episode doesn't end on in any satisfying way. Judy lives. She does. I guess one satisfying way? Question mark? I'm not really sure. Hashtag Judy lives. (laughs) All right. Well, let's get to the end of this. So the agent set her up and she calls the guy and he's like, sure, I'll be at the Ambassador Hotel in an hour. I'm nearby. And then shocking twist, we zoom out and directly into the car or from the car into the window. I'm not really sure which zoom we did. Did we zoom out or zoom in? Who knows? Either way, he's sitting outside watching them. Yeah, because he's planning on killing Judy. So he's watching her. Yep. It's great. It's all great. Piano music. As Skinner tells his comatose wife that he refuses to let her move on with her life. (laughs) How did you interpret this scene? Uh, Not far off. (laughs) But my note is, poor Skinner. (laughs) Frowny face. (laughs) (laughs) He makes excuses for himself, but he's convinced it's her responsibility to stick it out with him anyway, no matter what she wants. (laughs) (laughs) Paraphrasing a little. (laughs) Look, I got the point across. <laughs> I never told you how I felt. That's why you should stay with me. <laughs> I don't even know if you can hear me. 
But bitch, you better because I'm never saying this again. He even says, I don't even know if it would make a difference. (laughs) But I'm not giving you a divorce anyway. Yeah. Yeah. He hallucinates an old woman again. Notice that he hallucinates the old woman where his wife is. Just like he hallucinated the- Yeah, that's why I was wondering if there was a thing. I can't find the thing. But this is not what a hag does. The hag just sits on your chest and sucks your breath and gives you nightmares. So this old lady is not a hag, not, not a, a succubus. succubus, shrug, rats, shrug. frogs, <laughs> they're everywhere. So he hallucinates the old woman again. It's all very concerning. Like maybe he should take some time off because he's wide awake at this point. <laughs> it isn't just a dream now. There's dead people, hospitalized people, and a hallucination walking around. So, you know, like, get, get some help. Get your shit together. <laughs> Do you think this is... An acid flashback. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Those happen all the time. Those are also real. That's such a great observation. Cut to the agents with Judy. They're honeypot. The killer was several steps ahead of them. Above average intelligence. (laughs) And Scully gets a concussion while the pawn gets dead. It was surprising because Judy didn't get dead. Hashtag Judy lives. (laughs) And wait, why was Skinner here? Why did he get the kill shot besides it being his redemption story? But they skip over that until just a moment. And I said, huzzah, Mulder actually calls out the plot hole of why Skinner was there. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Nice. (laughs) But Skinner doesn't want to talk about it. We zipped through. Scully gets knocked out again. Yeah, Scully gets a concussion. It's been a while since she's been KO'd. Yeah. I forgot to keep track of the Scully KO count. Yeah. This has to be at least five, though. I feel like it's at least five. Should she start hallucinating the old lady? She should definitely. There's a lot of brain damage in there. Yeah. Concussions? One concussion's bad for you. Two? You're... you're, It's getting risky. She's up to five? It's a lot. They just throw... It's time to to retire. They like to throw her around like a rag doll, too. They're gonna make her run for Senate in Georgia. I don't know if you know vampires and cool people, are they not? But I'm gonna tell you something that I found out. A werewolf can kill a vampire. Did you know that? I never knew that, so I didn't want to be a vampire anymore. I wanted to be a werewolf. Yep. There's no resolution. Everyone is dissatisfied. The end. (laughs) Basically. More piano music as Skinner puts his ring back on, because he's the real victim here. (laughs) He is. That might be the first time he's ever worn that ring. It must. He, like, dug it out of the bottom of a drawer that he'd forgotten it was in. Maybe he wore it in earlier episodes. I don't remember. Well, I don't either. But... Mulder and Scully would have noticed. You would that. have clocked it at some point. Yeah. It's just one of the it's one of the societal norms of when you work with somebody and they have a ring on you like that person's married and then you may never think of it ever again but you just know it's just in there. Yeah. So, deleted scenes. Two major scenes were filmed but deleted from the final episode. One scene had Mulder questioning Skinner's loyalty to him and Scully. A confrontational scene the producers felt jarred the rest of the show. They were like, too interesting, cut it! <laughs> well, it does, doesn't really fit in this episode. Though. It doesn't, no. Another scene, removed for considerations of time and pacing, featured a confrontation between Skinner and the cigarette smoking man. That would have been interesting. Who hints that he was behind the events of the episode. Which, I mean, isn't he? Yeah, showing him the once does that, but it would have been an interesting scene. I would have loved to see that scene, because... I like CSM, but isn't Cigarette Smoking Man behind, the one who's behind trying to kill him anyway? So wouldn't we have known that anyway? Yeah. 
Because he sent Luis Cardinal. Right. Yes. Okay. Well, who are you shipping? <sighs> Scully and her boyfriend. Okay, no, that's who you're shipping. Yeah. Scully and Penderell. I know. Uh, Jeff from the boys. Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I, shipping Scully and, I don't know, a little, little education, a little tolerance, a little open-mindedness. Okay. Yeah, just her. If he's capable of seeing a sex worker, what else could he be capable of? Genocide? I, I don't know. Tipping well, maybe? <laughs> Tip your sex workers. She says, uh, well, I think discretion is the least of his sins. No, that's literally the most of his sins. That's the worst thing he actually did in this episode was, okay, it's the worst thing he did to that woman. Yeah. <laughs> in this episode. We don't know, though. Why is she dead? The face print airbag guy killed her. <laughs> I keep forgetting about him. <laughs> we just talked about him and I've already forgotten The guy who's him. killed everybody else in this episode. <laughs> I don't want it to be him. I don't care about that guy. <laughs> Nobody does. This is only episode. So what was the phosphorescent substance? Unclear. How did he turn her neck all the way around? Unclear. How did he do it without Skinner waking up or her flailing or anything? Unclear. All right. How are you surviving? Do nothing. I don't have to do anything. <laughs> I don't have to do anything special to survive this episode. No. I'm not involved in trying to kill Walter Skinner in any way, shape, or form. Or discredit him or anything. Anything like that. Are you trying to divorce him? Because that'll get you killed, too. That's true. Uh, defensive driving class. I'll learn how to not get the pit maneuver pulled on me. I see. I'll learn how to, what's it called, counter the pit maneuver. Mm. Do you think she was driving away like, you know what? My decision to divorce him was the correct decision. I'm really happy with myself for deciding to move on with my life. And if we are giving her a lot more credit than this episode does, then yes. But if we are going with the thread in the episode, she's like, I don't know why we're separated. <laughs> he never talks to me. And clearly I'm fine with that. No one in his office place knew I existed for 17 years. And that's fine. Look, she's wrong because the murderer knew about her. <laughs> right? Maybe that's that's why they end up getting back together. Because she's like, the murderer knew about me. Oh, he does talk about me at work. I'm important enough to murder I hate whoever wrote this woman's character. <laughs> Howard Gordon, I think. He wrote the teleplay. Ugh, I hate it. All right. Great. <laughs> the Cast Files is produced by Kristen Riley and Dave Reed. Edited by Dave Reed. You can find us on Twitter at Cast Files. You can find me on Twitter at Dave Reed. That's D-A-I-V-E-R-E-E-D. You can email us at the Cast Files. That's the with two E's at gmail.com. If you could please go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and tell us that we are doing phenomenal things. Artistic, wonderful things. We are raising the bar on podcasting. We would love you forever for that. We have a tea Public store. You can go buy t-shirts and stuff there. Music by Hal Six. Logo by at Uka Art. That's O-O-K-A-A-R-T. 